Greetings, ladies and mental gents, and welcome to this daily science fiction extravaganza, commonly known as Tales, Tales from Outer from space. Out. Space, space. Taken from the subreddit HFY, all the relevant links will be down below. And, as always, I hope that you enjoy. And if you do, please consider supporting the channel. On to the science fiction. Story number one. The Rule of Law, written by T. Marcos. A thin chain lashed down across Arella's shoulders, marking a scarred flesh there with another bloody line. Oh, or don't eat, the lion overseer growled. We're not feeding you to stand around. She bristled internally and ducked her head. She was nothing to be gained from showing fire to the overseer. He was waiting for it, hoping for it, to bring the Lurai up to the address platform and show them the master laborers, give a speech about gratitude and knowing one's place, to strip and lash her before the masses while calmly reciting the virtues of obedience, humility, and servitude. Nothing gave him more pleasure than making an example. So... She kept her retort under her tongue and hauled against the cart. Her muscles strained at the yoke, weak after months of malnourishment and poor sleep. But it slouched forward with a whine and a grit against the wheels. She had been one of the lucky ones to stay out of the camps as long as she had. There was no law mandating the Larai had to report to the camps, not explicitly, but ever since the Commonwealth annexation of Allure, there were a small herd of them that made it damn hard to stay out. Maybe you had your own place, so you didn't need to live there, but property owners had to file papers in person once a year, and none of those officers were anywhere near the dwindling, cramped neighborhoods where most of the Lurai lived. So, you took a day off work to go, but then you were behind a day's pay. Bills piled up, and then it was just another matter of time. An injury, an accident, a missed payment on a loan, and you had a lien against your property, and no property at all. You became a vagrant, and vagrants went to the camps. So it went. Although Alra's trajectory had been rather more abrupt, she had come to the city while her back, seeking her fortune outside the impoverished rural areas, being choked to death by the Commonwealth-backed city trade. She had struggled for a bit, but was lucky enough to find a job as a translator for public service announcements into the local dialect of Larai. Feeling gratified to bring important news to those who had yet to master the harsh, croaking barks of Comglot. But then the ordinance came down, a ban whose government funds and published materials in a language other than Comglot. Her supervisor had been sympathetic, her co-workers tearful, and her job ultimately gone. With her small savings, she managed to make rent for one month. Eviction was quick and efficient, leaving her sitting on a street corner with a hastily packed suitcase as a clock in the square chimed the hour. Once, twice, three times, a city security guard was standing five meters away, watching her fidgeting with her case. Five, six... Then she didn't know what to do. She had enough money for food or maybe a transport out, but not tonight. Nothing could be booked at such short notice. Seven, eight, nine. The chimes ended, and the security officer looked at his partner with a slight smile. He walked over, and sectile stature looming tall over her slim form on the bench. 
Ma'am, he rumbled a harsh shawl of comglot flowing easily from his mandibles. You are aware that it is past curfew. And that was that. A holding cell, a truck, a bus, and then remanded to subsidized accommodation. The pleasant way to refer to the labor camp. She had lost the precise count of days the first time that she had been thrown into solitary confinement for speaking Larai within the earshot of a guard. Now that it was just today, and the next day, and the next. Keeping her head down, although she was increasingly lost as to why, what was she surviving for? The pitiful rations, the leers from the guards, the inevitable decline into sickness and starvation when the work managed to cripple her. Her foot slipped and the cart lost its momentum and she planted her feet again to haul. But no, that wasn't the way forward. She exhaled, long and slow, and then slipped on the yoke off her shoulders. Hey, softskin, the guard spat. I told you to haul. Get that cart out of the path. I refuse, she said, speaking in words in Larai. She stood tall, although still spanned shorter than the guards, as he walked over with a low growl and a glutteral laugh. What was that? he said. I don't speak softly, so I'm gonna have to guess. He coiled his whip around his hand, putting the chainlinks tight. The whips were authorized non-harmful discipline devices for the Commonwealth, but most Commonwealth members had exoskeletons. I think you just told me how much you enjoy it when I whip you. Do what you're going to do, she said, looking at his black, glossy eyes. Her entire frame was shivering, but she held his gaze. I'm done. I won't play this game anymore. Why, of course, I'll do it as hard as I can, he sneered. So kind of you to ask, he raised his arm up, releasing the links from the chain so that she swayed and glinted in the dim light and work yard. She closed her eyes and waited for the lash to fall. Your Larai is terrible, a voice drawled. It spoke Larai beautifully, although with an odd lilt that she couldn't place. She opened her eyes to find an overseer staring past her down the path, and she turned to follow his gaze. An odd off-order was striding up, dressed in a black jacket and a thin stripe of red cloth fastened around his neck. Behind him, to either side were taller, more muscular members of his species clad in light armor plating. The man switched to Comglot, rattling off his sharp syllables with practiced ease. This woman just indicated her unwillingness to participate in the work program. Under subsection 14.4 of the Articles of Incorporation, no Commonwealth work program may be made mandatory. The man's eyes glinted, and although his face remained impassive, she caught a sense that his calm tone was a veneer. I'm glad I arrived when I did. There was almost a serious misunderstanding between you two. You really should learn the local language if you're going to work on planet. The guard stood still, bemused. The frick are you, he grunted. Listen, softy, Commonwealth Observer. The man interrupted him, putting his card out of his jacket. Jonathan Torvald, you'll find my credentials are in order. May I see yours? What credentials? The guard said, taking a small step back. Aylra looked back and forth in confusion. The smaller, decidedly less imposing of Walder stood completely still. Your certification as an officer of the law, Jonathan said. You are holding a compliance whip, are you not? Those require legal certification under Commonwealth law. He gave a thin smile to the guard. But now that I think about it, it would be a gross violation of statute for an officer of the law to use such a device on citizens not currently detained in a prison facility. This wasn't registered as a prison facility, last I checked. The guard sputtered, gripping the whip tighter. Listen, he said, holding up his hands. You can't be here. You need to talk to the director. 
The director, Jonathan said, sounding incredulous, but that makes no sense at all. A prison facility must be overseen by a licensed Commonwealth Tribune. Surely you've misspoken. The guard stomped his foot angry and annoyance pushing through his confusion. This isn't a prison, softy. You can't be here. Not a prison, the man murmured and turned to look at Alra, presenting the back to his guard. Ma'am, he said, shifting to Larai, are you a convicted criminal? Alra's voice worked soundlessly for a few seconds before she looked down. I, uh, she said, I broke a curfew. A curfew, Jonathan said, and how long have you been here? I don't, uh, she looked at him, fear welling up inside her. The calm, fatalistic certainty that she felt moments ago had entirely fled, leaving her on the verge of panic. The guard looked at her with murder in his eyes, not understanding their conversation, but promising that she would regret having it. I don't know, she stammered, embarrassed, admitted. A little while. I see, Jonathan asked, his eyes flicked to the fresh welt on her shoulders. I see that you're injured, he said. His voice was steel and velvet. How did that happen? She looked at the guard again, feeling a fear pulse through her. She didn't know what was going on, but this had escalated far past what she was foolishly thought to do earlier. The guard wouldn't just kill her for this. She knew what happened to the Lorai that really annoyed them. Her gaze slid back to Jonathan, who was looking at her with a placid expression. Her fear must have been evident. Gods, how could it not be? She was shivering like a feather in the breeze. She looked into the off-world's odd greenish eyes for a long, long time, unable to speak. Ma'am, he said, I'm asking you if this man struck you with his whip. A spike of ice shot through her spine. They would kill her slowly for this, but the guard's darkened face already promised worse. He did, she said, feeling her death settle on her. It was oddly freeing. She straightened up, looking directly into the guard's eyes. Yes, she said, switching to Comglot. This man whipped me. The guard growled and took a step towards her, but before she could muster another moment of terror, one of the two men with Jonathan blurred into motion. The overseer's exoskeleton fractured with a horrid crack as the man twisted, bent, and drove the screaming guard into the ground. And that's battery as well, Jonathan said, his calm demeanor sliding away into something cold and profoundly disappointed. He walked over to the moaning overseer, sidestepping the tangle of twitching limbs. The people of Lur, joining the Commonwealth as full members in every aspect, shall be citizens with all the attendant rights and obligations, he said. Paramount amongst those rights are the right to liberty and self-direction, which shall not be abridged. Alra looked at him puzzled. The Articles of Incorporation, she asked. Jonathan nodded, not taking an eye from the writhing guard. A beautiful and profoundly disregarded document, he said, but still law. She laughed bitterly, surprising herself at least as much as Jonathan. How long had it been before that she made that noise, even in mockery? If what you said is law, I haven't seen it, she said. Does it look like we have liberty here? No, it does not, Jonathan said. He looked towards the camp office, taking note of the mass of armed guards moving their way. My race is a recent entrant to the Commonwealth, miss, he paused. I'm sorry, I didn't get your name. Aylra. She said absently, her eyes fixed on the guards. Elra, he repeated. Lovely name. My race is a recent entrant to the Commonwealth, Miss Elra. And when we joined, we found that the laws as they appeared in reality differed substantially from the laws as they appeared on the page. It was a harsh lesson for us and the cause of much regret at the time. 
The director was at the head of the guards, brandishing his whip. She couldn't see the distance, but she knew the fourteen Lurai outlines carved into its handle, fifteen after today. However, Jonathan continued, ignoring their advance, this was territory we had tread before, albeit in different circumstances. The framework was sound, the letter of the law as it would be. Correction was just a matter of careful, consistent application. The director boldly flung aside the Larai who has not cleared his path fast enough, coming alarmingly close to his group. Sir, she said reinsistently, there are, please, call me Jonathan, he replied, still smiling at her. She blinked, nonplussed. Jonathan, she said, the syllables are in her mouth. Please, I appreciate what you're doing, but you have to leave. They'll kill you too. They will not, he said firmly, nor you, nor anyone else. You're a citizen of the Commonwealth, the same as I, the same as those gentlemen rushing towards us. There was a high whine of engines from above, and a blinding spotlight highlighted the director. Off-worlders of several species dropped from the sky in a single-use grav pads, landing lightly and forming a line facing the director. They had guns, not whips. The advance of the guards halted at the sun-barked commands that they slowly lowered themselves to the ground. Elra watched in disbelief as more troops dropped in to bind their limbs. Crates fell from the grav pads in clear area, marked with red and white symbols. The sky was thick with airships now, hovering and shining lights onto the grey muck of the workyard. We were promised a beautiful lie, Miss Elra, Jonathan said, squinting up into the storm of lights above them. Your people, and mine, and countless others besides, views by those who would cloak themselves in the law while subverting its purpose. He stared down at the director with open contempt. If they had been honest, there would have just been a war. Brutal, honest war. One that we could have likely lost. But they loved their fictions. They loved feeling justified. The idea that they lived in a society that respected the rule of law and the rights of citizens. He smiled at her again, the corners of his eyes crinkling in amusement. So he made it come true. One little battle at a time. One crime held to account. One victim given justice, and one fine morning those charlatans who stood at the podium praying about the supremacy of law were horrified to find that they were right, that the law was paramount, and that it would hold them responsible. The original promise fulfilled. He pivoted to face her fully, holding out his hand. So, let's try this again, citizen Elra, he said. Hi, we're your neighbors. Welcome to the Commonwealth. End of chapter. And that, my friends, concludes this dose of science fiction fun. I hope that you enjoyed. And if you did, please don't forget to support the author from the link down below. But if you want to support this channel, there are links as well down below for you to help with. But the easiest way would be to share this video. And, if you are so inclined, subscribe as well. I will see you all in the next episode, and I hope that you all have a fantastic time until then. Cheers.